Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 through 13. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 through 13. Matthew chapter 25. And it says this, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. Everybody say oil. Oil. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom, meaning Jesus, was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Look at somebody and say, give me some oil. Look at somebody else and say, give me some oil. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, least we should not have enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him and to the wedding, and the doors were shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Amen. Lately, I have been, well, let me just say this. The past few years, I have been anything but a doom and gloom minister or preacher. If anything, I have preached simply encouraging messages. And if you all remember, and I'll reiterate it probably several times over the span of the next couple of months, um, how many were here when I could barely speak and I told you guys about my encounter with the Lord as to what he was saying to the church. This was five or six weeks prior to this whole release of the pandemic, uh, the coronavirus, and the Lord's simple words to his church was, get ready, I'm coming. Sounds very cliche because for thousands of years, ministers have been preaching that. However, when the Lord spoke to me, I knew it was real and I knew it was authentic. Hence, I had never in my life, as I searched through the archives of my many sermons that I've written down and preached over the years, not one of them consisted of a warning to the church. And when I think about the great men of God of old who have preached, uh, John the Baptist being one of them, his simple message, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Well, Jesus' message was very, very similar to that. And so I am not a doom and gloom preacher, as I said, by any stretch, but I do believe that we are in times when 
we need to really prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Amen? And if I am to keep this particular scripture, Matthew chapter 25, yeah, Matthew chapter 25, uh, in context, um, this is Jesus' response to a parable in, a, in parable form that he's responding to the disciples. He, he said, they said this. They said, tell us when these things are going to be. It's in Matthew chapter 24. And uh, in verse 3, it says this. Now as he, meaning Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. In other words, he's saying, all these things you've been preaching on, Jesus, tell us when everything is going to come to pass. And so this parable that Jesus is, is telling the disciples is in response to their question. He's saying, hey, this is what it's going to look like in the last days. Half of the people, meaning the five virgins who are wise, half of these people are going to be ready, but the other half is going to be going through the motions of their lives, and this day that's eventually going to come is going to overtake them as a thief. They are not going to be ready for what is to come. There's not, they're not going to be ready for my coming. They're not going to be ready for what's going to hit the world and the nations around the world. They are going to be ill-equipped and so this is a reminder of Jesus. Don't be one of the five young virgins who are unwise with what they've been given. Look at somebody and say, be wise. And so the whole premise of the text is to encourage the hearer to properly prepare for what is to come into the nations of the world so that they will not have regrets later. It's simply about being in position if for if and when the Lord decides to come. And so today I want to minister from a subject entitled, Gather the Oil. Everybody say, Gather the Oil. If you're going to gather the oil or you're going to have a desire to gather the oil, I first must expound on how important, not only how important the oil is, but the cost of the oil. Because there's a cost to everything. Amen? Amen. And what struck me most about this scripture was the fact that the five unwise virgins had the money, but they didn't pay the price. And there are many people who come to church today who are simply going through the motions, but they're still not paying a price privately. Can somebody say amen to that? It, it says right here, it says, I'm going to expound on it again. It says, the, the virgin said, give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out, but the wise answered said, and said, No, at least there should not be enough for you and for I, but go rather and buy from those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went, the bridegroom came. Remember that scripture? It basically is saying that these unwise virgins wanted the oil handed to them and not work for it. And when they had decided to pay the price, it was too late. We don't have preachers like that anymore. We, we, don't have, we, we don't have preachers that stand up in the pulpit and say that, you know, you know we have an expiration date at some point. And so we can't wait till things get worse before we get, begin to gather our oil. Because at the end of the day, the reason, for the whole, the, the, the reason that the, 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 the virgins had these lamps was so that they can find their way when the dark hour hit. 
And if we don't gather oil now while it is light, we will not have the light of that lamp to guide our way through the darkness. I, I don't know about you, but I think America is in a dark season right now, wouldn't you say? It, it's, it's clear that there are the, the unwise and then there's the wise. Those who are wise in this hour are standing firm and trusting God that everything is going to be okay through this hour. Why? Because we know that our promise is heaven. We know that no matter what, we win. And for those of us who have oil in the lamps, we know that that light leads the way to the fact that we've read the book of Revelation. We know how this all ends. But for those who have not gathered the oil in their lamps and have paid the price, they are going to walk around like blind leading the blind in this hour that we are now living in. And so people in the church these days, they want an experience of God handed to them. They don't want to work for it. They don't want to pay the price. Aren't you tired of people simply coming to church and just, we have to work people up many times. It's very unfortunate. I wrote here that we, they don't want to worship until Sunday morning. They don't want to gather and pay the price for the oil in their lives. You, we have to work them up at many times. Come on, say, look at somebody and say, don't let us have to work you up. They open up their Bibles for the first time on Sunday mornings because they are not paying the price. Come on, come on. Somebody say amen. We, we expect, a, expect a nice parking spot and, and the AC in the sanctuary to be set at 72 or 74 degrees. You know, they want a sermon that gives them something to think about at least until lunchtime. Come on, I'm talking about paying a price. Uh, come on, a message that's long enough to pump me up, but not to get me too stirred up that would challenge me. Come on, come on. I'm talking, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about paying a price for the oil in your life so that you have light for when things get dark, not just in the world, but what about in your marriage or in your finances? Come on, around the world, it's never been at an all-time low as far as um, a job loss. It's at an incredible low right now. People are, people are hurting, and if they don't have a light, I pray that you become the light for them, Amen. And pay the price for them because that's what God is calling us to be. The Bible said He call the Bible says He calls us to be cities on a hill that cannot be hidden. Look at somebody and say, "Be a light, be a light." Be a light. I call people who come and just extract and, and, and float off somebody else's wave. I call them lamps with no fuel. Amen. But we have to begin to, to pay the price to get the fuel in our lives so that we reach our end destination. Paul said it like this, I have finished my course. I have finished my race. I have fought the good fight. As Christians and believers, I don't think we should be shining brighter than an hour like this. This is the hour for the saints of Jesus Christ to stand up and be burning lamps, filled with the anointing oil, burning through this darkness, bringing encouragement to those who are in the dark and lifting those who are broken and ministering to them more than ever before. There was a story of a magician by the name of Simon in the Old Testament. It's found in Acts chapter 8. You can read it on your own time. I certainly uh, encourage you to read it on your own time if you are, you know, have enough time on your hands. to. Uh, obviously, these days, I was talking to Rebecca before the service. I was like, people have more time on their hands now. She said, no, I don't. But if you have time, I want you to read uh, Acts chapter 8. I believe it's uh, verses 9 through 20, 24. There's a story given about a man who had just given his life to the Lord. 
He just had gotten touched by God. He got baptized like we did with Mirza uh, a little earlier. And his name was Simon. And Simon was a musician. So he, a musician, did I say that right? Magician. Tomato, tomato. Magician. And this magician was, was basically became a, a, a disciple by default because of proximity. And so he's following Peter, James, and John from city to city, and he's seeing that the Holy Spirit is being given to people through the laying on of hands. And we're talking about this guy just gets saved, he gets baptized, he's all out for Jesus. He's no longer doing his, no longer doing his magic tricks or anything like that. And here's what he says to Peter. He says, can I pay you a lump sum so that I too might receive this power? He's trying to pay for something that he can only earn through obedience and relationship. And we've got people that all the time that are trying to do that. They just want God's goods because of what they can give him or what, they, what he can give them instead of, instead of walking it out through obedience and through relationship and receiving that power just by default based on relationship. And so what I wrote down here was um, the oil comes with a price tag, but it cannot be sold or bought with money. This type of oil that I'm talking about that we need in the last days. The oil can only be through, uh, uh, received through close proximity and relationship with Jesus, relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. And that, in turn, will, will fill our lamps with the oil needed to walk through these dark and difficult days. I also want to talk about the quality of oil. Somebody say the quality of oil. The quality of oil that you have in your life currently right now, the reservoir that you have in your life is directly related to the kind of relationship that you are having with Jesus right now in this season of your life. It's all about proximity. When you're close to Jesus, there's a quality of oil that you have. I have a question this morning. Do you have canola oil running through your spiritual veins or do you have olive oil running through your spiritual veins? Come on, ask somebody next to you. Say, what kind of oil do you have? <laughs> Look at somebody and say, what kind of oil do you have? <laughs> somebody just said, we don't do canola oil. <laughs> The anointing oil, if you go after it, will cost you in your life because God's anointing, God's oil is not cheap, nor is it for sale, but it can be attained, but it can only be attained through a rich relationship, through intercession, through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, through fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It only comes by the purchased blood of Jesus and by living in obedience to him. That determines the quality of oil that we have in life. What do I mean by the quality of oil? You know it when you get around. There are certain kind of Christians. You know if they got canola or they got olive oil. Especially when you got the coronavirus going on. It's, it's, it's very revealing as to what type of oil is going through their veins. Because you know that person who stays connected with Jesus, they will be concerned about things. Yes, they'll get a little bit of uh, sanitizer on their hands, but they're not going to be led by fear. They're not going to be bound by fear. They're not going to be enchained to the environment around them. 
you're going to still see them speaking by faith. They don't, I'm not saying not, don't be cautious, but I'm saying that they still walk by faith. They're still encouraging. They're not saying everything is going to get worse. This is just the beginning. The world's about to fall apart. Those are not people who have olive oil running through their veins. The people who have olive oil running through their veins are saying like, this, this too will pass. God's about to do something great. This is all just a precursor regarding what God's about to do in the earth. Things are just getting darker because dawn is about to take place and God's about to shine like he's never shined before. And the church of Jesus Christ is about to arise and shine. Lift up your heads, O you gates, so that the king of glory shall come in. Amen? Somebody say olive oil. Olive oil. There's this beautiful story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I'm, I'm currently reading a book called Crushing. It's all about God's process. And if you ever want to be used mightily by God, my encouragement to you is to get ready for crushing. But the crushing doesn't end there. It's all about what the crushing produces. And so one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, of course, Jesus and Joseph. They both live similar lives, and there are many different parallels related to Joseph in the Old Testament and Genesis and with Jesus, who's in the New Testament, obviously. And in this story, Jesus is, in the la is literally in the last hours before he is to be crucified. And he finds himself in the garden, and he's asking his three main men to pray with him, Peter, James, and John. And he went to Peter, James, and John, and he says, hey, stay up with me because I am in agony. I need you to stay up and pray with me. And Jesus walks away, comes back, and finds the disciples sleeping, and he does that three times. Well, one of those times, I believe it was the last time, Jesus goes away, he sees them sleeping, he finally leaves them alone, and he goes into intercession, and he's praying, and he says these words. It won't be up on the screen. He says, Father, I am, I am in agony. And he says, Lord, let this cup pass from me. You know what I believe? You know what I believe that that cup Benjamin held that he was talking about? Oil. I believe that it really held oil. He says, he says, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't want to drink it. I don't want necessarily want to go through the cross. I don't, I don't necessarily want to go through this pain and this agony. And here's why I thought the cup represented oil. Number one, because of where he was at in the name of it. But number two, as Jesus was in prayer, it doesn't state it in all the Gospels, but in one of the Gospels, it says something very critical and very interesting. It says, as Jesus earnestly prayed, his corpuscles, his sweat became like great drops of blood, and his corpuscles, his, his, his uh, pores burst. And, and they say, even clinically, if you are beyond... Uh, if you are beyond a certain type of stress level, that this, that this potentially can happen to you. So Jesus was under so much pressure. He was under so much strain. He was in so much agony that he began to sweat drops of blood. And if you study what the word Gethsemane means, where he was at, it means the place where the olive is crushed. The place where the olive is crushed. Could it be... When God tries to produce oil in our personal lives, we resist the crushing process. But when you resist the crushing process in your life, you don't just re resist difficult situations. You refuse the process whereby God uses to produce the oil in your life. 
Because the reason that Jesus was so anointed, the reason that Jesus was so powerful and that he walked on the streets of Nain and laid hands on a little boy who got up right out of that casket, he ruined funerals. He got people out of wheelchairs who were living on their beds for 30 years, couldn't walk. The reason that Jesus had so much anointing on his life was because he never refused the process whereby God used to crush him to produce the anointing oil in his life to walk in power and to walk into authority and to walk into all that God had called him to be because he was an oil producer. Amen? Somebody say, don't resist the process. Come on, look at somebody and say, don't resist the process. Do you know the reason why people have cheap oil in their lives? It's because they refuse their Gethsemanes. They refuse the difficult seasons in their lives. What is God using in your life to produce oil right now? What marriage? What financial deficit? What difficult situation are you perhaps resisting? That very thing that God is using to produce oil. Why? Because he has something great for you. But if you're going to walk into that great thing, you're going to have to carry the oil into that great thing with you. So don't do yourself a disservice by resisting the process whereby God uses to process you and to produce oil in your life. Amen? Number three, I want to talk about the quality, excuse me, the quantity of oil. Somebody say the quantity. The amount of oil you have will determine if you make it through these dark seasons in your life, these dark seasons in America. It's not enough anymore. I was talking to the team earlier today. It's not enough anymore to rely on a preacher or a certain organization to get your oil and to get your fill anymore. Let me tell you something. Those days are absolutely over. God is calling us to the mountain of the Lord with him. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament picture. And even Madi was talking about it. And I love what you said, Madi. There's this old model where, where Moses was relied upon by the children of Israel. The children of Israel waited for Moses to go up the mountain to get the word from the Lord so that he can come back and tell them what God was saying. But do you remember when Jesus came on the scene and he said, I've come to fulfill all things? He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to establish it and fulfill it. Does everybody understand that? But Jesus would get frustrated when his disciples wouldn't walk in their destiny and their purpose. When Jesus came down the mountain, unlike Moses, Moses would tell them what God said. When Jesus came down the mountain, he would try to get the disciples to cast out a demon. In Matthew chapter 16, I believe it is, Jesus comes down the mountain. They're trying to cast out a demon. They get frustrated because they can't. And they say, why, master, can we not cast out this demon? Jesus gets frustrated because they're not walking with oil. And you know what he says to them? How much longer shall I be with you? How much longer shall I bear with you? Why? Because Jesus wants us to walk into our destiny and our calling, and he wants us to go to God for the faith that we need, not the preacher. Come on. He wants us to go to God himself, and I'm all for organized religion as long as it provokes you in your relationship with God. I'm not saying that God is doing away with the church, but what I am saying is we are in a shifting season where it's no longer sustainable over a long period of time for us to just come to church on Sunday and get filled with a little bit of oil. 
We're running out of gas come, come Thursday, so we need to go to God each and every day. Get in our quiet room. Get into our prayer closet. Get into intercession. Get into the Word of God ourselves and stop waiting for Moses to come feed us on Sunday morning. And we need to get in front of God and get in his face and receive from that fresh oil from heaven so that when we get together, it's not a one-man show. It's all of us who are corporately being a part of the expression of what God is doing. Somebody say, get filled up with the oil. It's all about the quantity of oil. I love what it says right here in Isaiah 55. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You know, there may come a time in our nation that we may not be able to publicly gather together. And we all have to be ready for that. There may come a time when they lock our doors and tell us we cannot meet. And at that point, we have to be ready as a church. I don't care if it's 50 people. Getting ready as a church and as a people to be ready for that. We have to be ready to engage in a relationship and a sustainable relationship on our own apart from the pastor, apart from even the leadership of the church. We have to climb the mountains ourselves. And that's why the Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah 55, verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. What is he saying? That there may come a time when God is not so easily dispensable. There may come a time when we go to knock on the church doors and they don't open, where he's not so easily found, where fellowship is not so easily found, where the word of God is scarce. Come on. That's what the book of Revelation says. There is going to come a day in time, whether it's in our generation or the next generation. But I can tell you, time is close, people. We have to get lock, stop, lock, step, and barrel with God for ourselves and not through anybody else. We can't live this relationship with Jesus vicariously through anyone else. We have to have a personal encounter with Almighty God. We have to get a personal encounter to where we get filled with our own oil and stop depending on somebody else's oil. Stop trying to get close to a preacher or stop trying to get so close to an organization, we have to receive from the Holy Spirit ourselves. Look at somebody and say, get your own relationship. <laughs> what I'm basically trying to say is get filled up with oil while you can. Gather the oil Develop a quantity of oil that is sustaining over a long period of time. Let me ask you this. If these church doors close tomorrow and this ministry failed, God forbid it. But if it did and you didn't have any other church that you can go to, is the oil that you have in your life sustainable? Or would you walk away from him? Is the oil that you have in your gas tank or your lamp, so to speak, Will it carry you through without having someone else fill your oil? That's what those five unwise virgins were trying to get the, the other wise virgins to do. Give me some of your oil. Pray for me. Oh, y'all aren't going to talk to me? Pray for me. I need a prayer partner. Well, what about when there's no prayer partner to be found? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go get your oil? We have to get the oil ourselves and go directly to God on our own. Amen? Hallelujah. John chapter 9, verse 4 says this, I must work the works of him who sent me. This is Jesus talking. Watch this, guys. I want you to listen up. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. In this context, here's what Jesus was saying. 
There is going to come a day when they're not going to allow me to walk the streets and perform these miracles. So I have to get to work now while it is light because the night is going to come. In other words, a day is going to come where we're not going to be able to gather here, Peter, James, and John, like we're gathering now. We need need to get filled up and build up a reservoir, a, a, a quantity of oil that is sustainable so that when I leave here, Jesus was saying, it's sustainable. And you guys will expand my kingdom and not be quenched by the darkness, the gross darkness that's going to fill the earth. Amen? Somebody say, work while it is light. Come to church while you have the chance. Read the word of God while you have the chance. Seek his face while we have the liberty and while we have the chance. Use this opportunity in this season. Everything that's happening, use this as an opportunity. Use the time that you have on your hands right now at home a chance to get in your prayer closet, to seek the Lord, to pray with your husband, to pray with your wife, to pray with your son, or to pray with your daughter, and to seek God's face together as a family. Number four, and lastly, is this okay? Number four, gather the oil. If you, if you go back on that scripture that I read in Matthew chapter 25, They started off with oil, but they ran out. Did you see that? They started with oil. It says their lamps went out. Gather the oil while you have the chance. I want to tell you what anointing oil was used for. There's a few things that it was used for, actually. One, it was used as fuel to light lamps. And we know that because we just read that. Now watch this. Psalms 119 verse 105 says this in the New King James Version. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When you read the word of God in this dark hour in which we live, as long as you read the word of God, you will keep your lamp full and lit so that you can see your way through the dark hour in which we live. Psalms 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It was used for lamps. Somebody say lamps. Number two, it was used to anoint a person or set them apart for God's purposes. They would take a horn of oil. That's what the Bible calls it, a horn of oil. And when someone was going to be anointed a prophet or an evangelist or a apostle or whatever it might be, whatever they were anointed for, a a, a prophet or a man of God would pour that anointing oil on their head. It was a sign that they were being set apart and there was a divine transfer that happened. Hallelujah. Forsake not the children. For such is the kingdom of God. They were anointed because they were set apart for something much, much greater. And there was this supernatural download that would happen. In other words, this grace that was being imparted for someone to live a certain way. In this season of your life, position yourself for God to anoint you with oil so that you have a sustainable anointing that can survive any dark hour, any gross darkness, or any persecution in your life. It doesn't matter if it's on the job or out in the world as a Christian. Allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to cause a supernatural transfer to take place. And number three, it was used as a healing agent. Everybody say healing agent. It was poured on wounds. 
and it was used as antibacterial. And so it would get rid of any, you know, um, infections and things of that nature. In Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 34, it talks about the good Samaritan that uh, got oil, that poured oil on the wounds of the man who got robbed as he was walking through the Jericho road. Have any remember that? And so that's what oil was used for. And number four, and I love this, is it was used as a means of protection. Oil? How was that used for protection? What the shepherds would do with the sheep is they would take a flask of oil. Now, when I dedicate babies, we talk about you know lavishing the sheep so that when the, when the thief would come in the night, he wouldn't be able to grab the sheep or steal them. But as I did some, did some further research this past week, oil was actually used for something much, much more important than just, you know, to protect them from the thief. They would take the oil and they would rub the head of the sheep. Sheep would end up dying or going crazy and the shepherds couldn't figure it out. They were banging their head up against the rocks. They were irritated and they found out that the, that, that the sheep would get uh, um, little bugs around their eyes, little, yeah, what, what do you call it? it? starts with a P. Parasites. Parasites would begin to develop on the sheep and it would irritate the sheep and the sheep would kill themselves, not even realize it because they were so irritated trying to get rid of the parasites. And so what the shepherd would do is he would use this oil as a repellent against parasites. And that's what oil does in our lives. When we're filled up, when we gather the oil, it keeps us away from the parasites. It keeps us away from the enemy's irritants that he tries to send our way. You know someone who doesn't have oil in their lives based on their reaction to everything that's happening in the world today. Are you squirming? Are you acting irritated? Are you throwing your head all around like these sheep were, hitting the rocks? And, you, know, you know what I'm saying. Frightened and frustrated and talking all the negativity. Or are you cool and calm? They said after the, the shepherd found this out and would lavish them, the sheep would go back to normal. And they would go grazing and go about their business. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to read as you stand to your feet, Psalms 23, verse 1 through 5. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm using the scripture to, to, to show you how the shepherd anoints the sheep with oil. He says, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He's calm. He's even. He's even killed and collected. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for your rod is with me. Your staff is with me, and they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Watch this. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Are you running over this morning? What kind of oil are you producing? Are you storing up oil in your own life so it's available for when you need it most? 
so that you are endowed with his power to overcome in the days in which we live. So that when the days are dark, you will have enough fuel to survive the darkest seasons of your life. So that you have enough oil to spare so that God can use you to bring about healing in those that are broken and beaten down in this world. So that you are lavished in oil so that the irritants from the enemy don't move you or shake you. And that's my prayer for you this morning. Is Father, that you would cause this message to seek, sink so deep in your people's hearts. Lord, it would provoke them to a holy pursuit of you. We need your oil like we never have before. We need your anointing. We need your power like never before. Father, I, I pray that this would provoke a passionate pursuit into every hearer that's under the sound of my voice, a passionate pursuit of your presence. Oh God, so that we wouldn't be the five unwise virgins that started with a little bit of oil but ran out when things got hard. They ran out of the very oil that they would need to sustain them so that they could be a part of something great that you were about to do, that great wedding feast. But I pray that this, would be, this wouldn't be the truth of every believer in this room that's under the sound of my voice. I pray that they would be filled to their overflowing with your oil as they passionately pursue you. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.